Welcome one all to the John Davies Podcast. Coming at you here, episode 21, Dark Winter. Uh, we are on January 12th, 2021. It is a new year. We survived 2020, but things only look worse. Hello. I hope everyone is doing well today. Um, enjoying their week, you know, getting through the work day, such have you. Um, I, I usually actually take off during the uh, weekdays. And that's normally when I work on my podcast, so pretty consistently with the days that I have off work is when I'll be releasing episodes. But the pushback from the Capitol Hill break-in, I want to dive into sort of the reaction from people around the the political spectrum to this. Of course, now we have the impeachment uh, incoming, you know, from from the Democrats invoking the 25th Amendment and trying to impeach the president for inciting insurrection. Um, we have the <laughs> a personal story that I have to tell you guys about the just sort of how people's minds have been poisoned by the media and uh, Parler being taken off of Amazon, uh, completely deplatformed. And, yeah, a lot of people are scared right now. Like I said, a lot of people are very afraid and they're worried about losing their livelihoods, their jobs. There were 75 million Americans that voted for Donald Trump. Were all those people at the Capitol Hill break-in? The distortion of reality that's going on right now amongst my friends who are on the left you know, I, I still consider myself to be amongst them. You know, I'm ne- I'm not even a Trump I'm not a Trump supporter. You know, I'm not like somebody that has a vested interest in the politics of Donald Trump. Uh, nationalism, I think, has some many dangers, and there's many things you could criticize him for, like the populist movement. I would, you know, I think ultimately he has done some good things, but it's it's I mean, it's insane that you still have to explain that before you go into every every rant, but. It's the, 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 the labeling that's going on right now. That's the reason you have to, you know? There's no nuance, no subtlety whatsoever. If you, if you even sound like you're supporting Trump in any way, shape, or form, then you are just totally shut down, and now you're labeled as domestic terrorist almost. And this may sound like imaginary, you know, lines that I'm making up that haven't been crossed yet, but no one is in the media setting a hard line right now and saying, hey, there are many people that voted for Donald Trump who aren't this. I've, I've yet to see it. I've yet to see it. Prove me wrong, Chris Cuomo. Get on TV and say that it's only a bunch of extremists. I've yet to see it. It's funny how the reaction from you know the average progressive person when there's a, a real terror attack you know somewhere in the Middle East the reaction will most likely be oh hey man don't don't be too quick to judge Islam for this terrorist attack you know obviously terrorist very small group of the actual number of people that practice Islam obviously everyone knows that but you know that's what the, that's how they'll react to that but then you know after one riot after a year of lockdowns questionable election censorship i mean the list of grievances is honestly even longer than that if you really want to get into it but 
we'd have to dig up the uh, dust off the the journals and get it get get everything out for that. But you're looking at the same situations essentially that spurred a lot of the BLM riots. The pretty much the same. I mean, I can understand why people who have been have been and have also been exasperated by the media ex- uh, told that they were you know systemically oppressed in society and to certain extents act like you know are because of actual historical you know traces of racism that we still unfortunately have to battle today along with all this other bullshit i can understand the blm riots you know i'm not supporting them i think riots are awful and they totally tarnish any political goal that you're trying to achieve because it basically demonizes you turns you into a fucking cartoon character that the other side can then parody and and lampoon so why is it that the average reaction from a left-wing person to this is now all MAGA are terrorists you know make America great again rallies Donald Trump rallies are now terrorist you know gatherings how is it that this you can have one vision of BLM and a nuanced vision of their riots and not the same for Trump. It is absolutely insane. You know, I, I, can't, I speak from a, pro- a progressive. You know, I, I just I can't ignore the lies anymore. You know? I guess a lot of people would question my labeling myself as a progressive if they listen to that abortion podcast that I did. But I believe that political views can be extremely nuanced. And if even if you are regressive, as some would say, on certain issues, to the extent where you and your your family just agree, abortions are bad. That's like, you know, it's, it's crazy that people today can't have, like every political view has to be state-sponsored. Every, everything has to be state-sponsored nowadays. You know, it's... The, 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 there's like a descending dialogue in this country between people of different mindsets. It's it's extremely weird. I don't even know really the, the words. There's like an idiosyncrasy that is missing right now between large portions of people on the left and the right where they can't talk at all. They just get angry at each other. It's super weird. I don't even know really how to describe it. But you notice it more amongst young people, especially younger people that have been in these echo chambers that they're in at at college and stuff like that more often you notice this inability amongst people like that to actually have discussions and keep calm state of minds it's it's very strange stoicism is extremely important in discussion and i mean pretty much you derail your own discussion um when you start you know yelling at people and 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 eventually ends in, in an argument this is the lesson that i've had to learn the hard way you know, and a lot, to a certain extent, I've probably discredited myself many, many times. Maybe even times where perhaps that I'm correct. It's because emotional discussion never gets you anywhere in politics. It's the exact opposite of what politics stands for. Politics is the conventional use of rhetoric in order to achieve geopolitical, strategic, or governmental goals. So essentially, it's like you're using words in order to fight battles. And fourth generational warfare is essentially all about politics. And right now, the left is dominating the culture war. 
they are winning. They they're they're about to stamp their foot down. And the the conservative judges that Donald Trump supported uh, appointed to the Supreme Court are literally the only thing that stands now in the way of total domination of the culture war. Like the zeitgeist will be forever in their favor if we don't keep at least a few of these judges and they don't serve out their terms to the end. And, you know, I don't agree with all these judges, you know, personal theo theological views, you know, like I'm sure they're very religious. I'm not a very religious person myself. Very, I, I consider myself to be spiritual to some level, but I mean, it's, you can't, you got to put stuff like that aside when it comes to government. This is a huge country and there's many people of many faiths in this country. It's, if, if there was a weird sect of, uh, peaceful Islamics that were, that was the only thing keeping, you know, this country from descending into the total domination of the zeitgeist by one political party, then I would, you know, keep them in power forever. I would literally go out and support them. Let's go march in the streets. <laughs> Salam brothers. But it's, it's not about religion when it comes down to the things like basically keeping one party from controlling every branch of government. And if the Democrats pack the Supreme Courts, which is a very scary idea, I'm really hoping that that just goes away and they stop talking about that. But if they do, then, I mean, there's really nothing we can do. It'll be like the CCP. They'll never lose power again. Or uh, what Putin's doing in Russia. Like sort of how it's a president, but it's the same party getting elected over and over again. Or, you know, it's like, oh, a fair election where it's like, oh, but the 75-25 opposition. You're going to see heavy censorship. I don't think that you're going to see people killed like you see in China. Because America just, that I don't think that would fly. I think that would actually start to change people's minds when it comes to, like, if there were, like, mass, mass killings of people by the government I'm talking about. Which I'm, you know, not suggesting that there will be or should be, but let's the let's let's stay in the realm of things that could, uh, potential doomsday scenarios, so to speak. So we're putting on our tinfoil hats right now. Uh, don't think that there ever would be something like that, just because in America, you know, we have too much access to personal media that we could share online, unless there was just censorship the likes of which we could never believe before. Um, if that if that were to come into place, then maybe. But I don't think that we would ever see anything like that from our government in America just because of the uh, independent nature that's still here. You know, there's we still have very individualistic goals in America, I think, for the most part, even though that's declining in a lot of ways. And it would be very hard for the government to operate like these corrupt governments in Russia, China, and Iran do. Where they literally like disappear their own citizens. I don't think that that will happen. So let's let's start with the dark winter. Let's 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 start with the original comment of the dark winter. Where did that originate? Because that seems to be on everyone's mind. I wonder who would invoke such harsh feelings during these trying trying times. see Joe Biden warned of a dark winter on what on the Washington Post here in an article oh they want me to subscribe no sorry sorry Washington Post you don't get a shout out let's go to Newsweek 
Joe Biden. Joe Biden warned the United States of a dark winter, a very dark winter, if the pandemic continues to be politicized. But you have to ask yourself, like, what does that mean? What does a politicized pandemic mean? It, it doesn't make any sense. Does does he want us to always wear masks everywhere we go? I work in a place where, you know, I see people wearing masks all the time. There, It's very rare that someone goes in without one. And there is immense social pressure to wear masks. And that leads sort of segma, segues me into this, you know, story uh, pulled up at this gas station, you know, a girl and I were going out for a ride in the country and I was just, you know, sort of, you know, pumping my gas and I, I was about to walk into the store and I, you know, I was a dumbass and I forgot my mask and this was, this was like a country store, you know, out in rural Washington County. So I was like, ah, I figured these people in here, they won't be too mad about it if I just pull my shirt up over my nose. But they had a, I guess a, a watchdog sitting outside and this crazy lady you know, who, who started, you know, blabbering to me about how she couldn't believe that they were going to let me in with no mask and that how she's, oh, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. Now, to her credit, the kind lady did give me a nice little face diaper to put on so I could go in. So that's very nice of her. They hand out face diapers now before you go into gas stations. And folks, I wear the damn mask, Okay. If that's, you know, if that's what I have to do to get these lunatics off my back that are worried about a virus with a 99.8% survivability rate that has been proven to have inflated death numbers that aren't even that bad in the first place when you look at other things that are killing people. You know, when, when I, 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 I wear the mask. If that's what it takes to get the damn, you know, mask cultist off of me and just leave me the fuck alone, that's what I do. But... Now you have a situation where people are feeling compelled to harass me in public because I don't have a mask. And I was even going to pull my shirt up. That does the same thing, if not more, than your fucking mask. So yeah, crazy crazy mask lady harassed me in the fucking gas station, man. It was not, not, not a good day. Then I went and got some Chinese food, though, just to sort of weigh things over. Because over at the mall, you can sit at tables where COVID doesn't live. And you can pull your mask down and eat even after other people have just sat there. Yeah, it's so silly. So, so silly. But went and got some Chinese food. And man, mm, that stuff is like drugs when you haven't had it for a while. That MSG gets in your system and you just, you just own it, man. You just own it. <laughs> I don't think there's... A single thing about like mall Chinese food or like you know just you know little little stores like that that I dislike and you know one day it will probably kill me because I'll eat at some really really grubby little place in a city and I'll get like some horrible stomach virus and I'll and that that'll be the day but until then I'm gonna continue to eat it because there's just something about that taste that I can't get enough of man it's that high MSG concentration it's that superfood. That's what China's building their super soldiers with. They're just pumping them full of it. They're feeding them every day. So I was just wa uh, another thing I was watching that's sort of um, off topic before we really get into the politics um, was the new Jordan Peterson podcast that is out. 
uh, just want to plug that real quick. Go check that out. That is an amazing podcast. He's got Matthew McConaughey on, a crossover that you never thought you would see, talking about his new book. And normally, you know, it's not something I would really be interested in because celebrities are pretty much egomaniacs in my mind. But this this actually kind of sounds like an interesting premise for a book. McConaughey sort of wrote it in the desert while he go, while he went over his journals that he had sort of wrote and compiled over the years. Which, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And that's that's something that I think can really help you in life. And I advocate everyone to do. Keep a daily journal. Write down your thoughts. It just it really helps you to sort of keep a linear mindset in terms of building upon your knowledge. Uh, knowing yourself, knowing what things that you really like in life, knowing your hobbies and your interests and your beliefs and passions. Like, write down these things so that they're cemented and solidified. Don't put them online. Don't post them. Write them somewhere where only you can read them because that's all that matters. All that matters is that you understand them, not that anyone else. You don't need anyone else to understand that stuff. So t- stop tweeting. Stop posting Facebook statuses. You can shit post. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I love posting some awful memes that, you know, the government can't even figure out what they mean. Shit posts are amazing. Keep posting memes. And keep posting knowledge, too. Share knowledge. But stop posting your emotional rants. You know, stop posting comments. Stop getting into fights online. You know, I've been there, man. I have a problem with it. Sometimes it's hard. People seem really stupid when you just read their thoughts online. Because a lot of times they're emotionally charged rabble-rabbles, you know, with other people. Man, just just don't read them. That's my thing. I gotta just block, get rid of, or just not read any any comments whatsoever. You know that you see that that are just designed to make you mad. That's something that is huge to avoid on the internet and can improve your mental health. You gotta realize that the majority of the people on the internet that comment are really worked up and also not in control of their emotions, and it's just like a spiral. It sucks people in. And they can't, they can't get away from it. It's something I should have realized from a very, very young age. It took me forever to realize that. But you still see people getting trapped in that online nowadays. So let's see the 25th Amendment challenge. Let's go back to that. Let's really get into the political situation right now in the United States in this dark winter as we batten down the hatches. So in the wake of the massive Capitol Hill riots, the crackdown from the left-wing media has been tremendous. You know, we have escalation from people on the right wing, like Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell, just saying crazy bullshit, like Mike Pence is going to get arrested and executed. Like, these, these people are honestly mentally insane and have probably done more harm to the country than just about anybody on the left could ever do. Like, th- this, is, this is, honestly, like, Lynn Wood should be fired for what, for what he said. And I have no, no problem saying that. Donald Trump horribly mishandled the situation. And I, the, the guy I feel the worst for is Mike Pence. Can you imagine how Mike Pence feels? I mean, you got, a, you got your president literally putting his, his entire leverage on you, sort of, so, so to speak. Like, he's literally saying that you are going to be the guy that, that brings up and turns over the election. And then you have your chance. You have your chance to present all the evidence that you have in the hearing, which I was so anxious to see because I've seen the evidence and I think it's credible. And then you have the riots. They break in and interrupt the hearing. You cannot, you cannot make this shit up. 
You cannot make this shit up. Trump supporters were literally their own worst enemy. And now we have the left with a full license to, to just go after everybody they want to and tie them to Donald Trump. If you liked anything that Trump ever did, you're now under question. You're now in the spotlight. This is scary. This is why people are scary. People are scary and scared. Scary, scared, scary. Blah. So Donald Trump is suspended off Twitter. He's he's effectively being pushed out of the zeitgeist. Parlor has been completely shut down. You can't even go on it. It's it's like literally taken off of the uh, Amazon cloud or whatever the fuck they put it on. How the fuck do you get to the point where Amazon literally controls what app works, boy? What is going on? You know, I'm just, you know, maybe I need to look more into it and, and understand virtual laws and the way things work. And I certainly do. Everybody can certainly understand or do well to understand more about that. But, my God, it is scary to think that that can happen. I mean, think about all the child porn that's on the Internet. How the fuck? How the fuck you not gonna shut that down? But you can shut an app down, an app down where people are posting pictures of green frogs, talking about an orange man. How it doesn't make any sense to me at all. You know, I'm just an idiot, not not college educated, but you know, it's it's scary to me that one company has this much control over what apps are on the market, and Parler is, I th I believe, currently engaged in a lawsuit against Amazon. It's either Amazon or Twitter, yes. So Parler files the lawsuit against Amazon after getting kicked off Amazon Web Services. So this is sort of bouncing around the zeitgeist. You type it in on even DuckDuckGo, and it's all left-wing sources that come up right away. Very weak Parler lawsuit against Amazon, unlikely to succeed. Washington Examiner. Oh, sorry, that's not a left-wing source. That is, wow. So maybe there is something to the idea that it's a weak lawsuit. It says the insurgent social media app on the insurgent social media app. Wow, <laughs> that's that escalated quickly. You know, folks, I was on Parlor for a little bit. There wasn't very much insurgency going on. Maybe I just wasn't looking in the right places, but. I didn't really I didn't really find too much insurgency. I did find a lot of concern for the fairness and safety of the election, but their insurgency, I guess, was in the other corner of the parlor. I was sitting over in the corner with the blackjack and hookers. So Herbert Hovenkamp, a professor at the University of Pennsylvania Law and the leading expert of antitrust law, said that parlor suit doesn't meet the basic requirements for the violation of antitrust law. How would it not? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Let's see what they say in the article. I mean, Amazon is literally such a big app that it can that it can take orders from any political entity at once and suspend an entire app with with hundreds of thousands of people. That would be the direct business like competition of of another. How would that not violate an antitrust law? What are they even for? said instead the suit only alleges that in parlor's view amazon ought to have treated parlor the same way that it did twitter 
given the similar hate speech that circulated on the more popular microblogging app. Yeah, I mean, Hang Mike Pence was literally trending on Twitter. I mean, amongst other things, there's there's tons of hatred on Twitter. It's so silly that, that, that they can determine what type of hatred in this country is the most vile that it deems censored. That's, that's where the argument lies. It's ridiculous. And you know, this is a sort of side tangent here, but if you want a really fast way to create fascism, then drive a millions of people off the internet discourse. Drive them out of the common discussion and you know into the darkness because they'll still find a way to organize. And that's when you get beer hall putches. If you if you want to talk about how to how to create real fascism, not the kind of fascism you know that just that wants the country to be amazing and you know tries to make the economy better for normal people, and promotes nationalism, populism, not that kind of fascism quote-unquote fascism, real fascism that kills people, you know, classic authoritarian centrism fascism, centrist fascism, that you drive people underground and get them really angry. If it was happening to the left, you'd face the exact same problem, but from, the di from a different way. And so, it's, it's really amazing how this small section... I, and I truly believe that it's only a very, very small section of the left that's militantly, like militantly radical, like the Antifa type people. I don't even think most Black Lives Matter people fall in this category. But they are, they are dragging the left down like an anchor to where common people are now supporting censorship of like millions of conservatives. Just because the, the, the discourse in this country has gone so sour and because the framing of Donald Trump at this point is so complete that he is now being accused of inciting insurrection for organizing and he did he did he did organize a massive protest but he's now he's now accused of inciting insurrection i don't think that that charge sticks i just i don't think that it's appropriate you know even as somebody that that really did I, I'm not a Trump fan I'm not a Trump enemy but I'm not so, I, you know I don't have any stake or interest in defending him I just don't think that it is an appropriate charge you know what was anybody charged in 68 you know when the DNC riots happened with inciting insurrection he didn't have a Twitter back then of course but the people that stormed the Capitol were just buffoons from the internet I mean they were clowns like we talked about in the last podcast. Just to say that they were inciting insurrection, in my opinion, is just is, is just untruthful to every degree. So all posts from Parler have been encrypted. A hacktivist has saved everything that was ever posted on the app, and now law enforcement officials are combing through it looking for things that patriots, libertarians, alt-right, you know, everybody was on there, the fringe groups, the Q groups, everyone, looking through their posts, contacting places of employment, um, getting people doxxed, getting people fired. This is the purge. We're all racists now because they made us racists. You know, we have become their demons. 
They're devils. I do think that that is one of the reasons, as a person on the right, you have to be the most anti-racist. And anti-racist to the extent where, like, if you see race, if you see somebody like, be like, you know, acting acting in that way towards a person of color, or towards a, you know, whatever you want to call, like any person, just just believing that there's the, the color of their skin makes them superior in any way, and acting about it, you just eliminate it. You just you just say, enough, but. I just you don't you have to have an honest discussion about what it really is and you don't see that from the Trump administration. If I ever saw an ounce of it, I would never support them. I would just back away. Now you see it from people that support Trump, but I don't necessarily think that that, that can tie in, you know? I, I seem to see a lot of radical people on the left that are are sounding pretty racist to me every day. You know, I, I just don't like it when people attack you for your skin color and, and assume things about you because of your skin color. It's very dishonest. It's it's not a good way to go. And if you're on the right, you need to understand that. And they will use that to attack everything that the right believes in unless it is rooted out. And, you know, we, like, you know, we get rid of it over time amongst people on the right, the center, wherever you want to go wherever you may want to find racism. So the, the persecution of 1957 and 1959 in China, that's something that you can look at and sort of compare to what's going on today, in my opinion. This was an anti-rightist movement. And the definition of rightist in China during that time consistently changed. You know, it could be any, any group that the persecutors wanted to sort of get out of the way collectivists capitalists and i think you're seeing the same thing now amongst uh nationalists isolationists and libertarians we're sort of all being grouped into one huge category that includes some pretty despicable people like what i was just trying to you know blabble on about it includes some very despicable people our category does now but it's growing ever larger and the amount of people who aren't despicable, which is like 97% now in my estimate, rough estimate, is getting very is getting very large. Now the most despicable thing about the anti-rightist movement in China from 1957 to 1959 was that it came after the quote-unquote hundred flowers movement, which was a free thought trap essentially. It allowed for the party members to sort of voice their opposition to the, the communists. Not that really the opposition even, it was just like sort of the ways that the communist party could be better. It wasn't opposition like we should change the communist party or let's take it down. It was how can the party be better? And they used it as a trap for anybody that critiqued it to be then grouped into the rightist category and systematically weeded out. Most of them were killed or sent to labor camps, the traditional, you know, communist Dispatch A. And the scariest thing about what I think you see going on right now in America is that the left are obsessed with putting people into groups. They're obsessed with grouping all Trump supporters together. Everybody that seems like they might be. And I think that you know you have to fight that. You know, the left isn't one homogenous entity. But they act they, they act like it to a certain degree when they have full control over a media zeitgeist. We need to define who they is right now. In this conversation, I'm realizing the folly of my own words as I speak them. 
you know, the left isn't an appropriate term to even really use. So instead of the left, why not say the media? Because the media is the one sort of uniting all of these different entities. Everybody's getting their sources from a limited specter of information. And it, it dominates the conversation to where everybody has very similar viewpoints. You know, that, that watches a lot of news and, and, and reads a lot of mainstream media articles. That's the best way I can sort of describe what I'm talking about when I say the left. Because I realize I sound like a huge fucking hypocrite when I say the left is obsessed with putting people into groups. Because I, you know, I in turn then say, and put people into groups. I put a massive amount of people, millions of people into a group when I say that. So let's stop using the left. That's a bad term. That's a bad term. This is when you make yourself smarter while doing a podcast. But I think that I think that there is a very real a very real possibility that because so few companies control the flow of media that a more concrete left and right viewpoint has emerged. You know, 100% there the right is a group think tank too. But we need to seek beyond that. Like seek beyond the left and the right. Although you still need to sort of use them as axioms to talk about the political climate. Like sort of sort of like how there's, you know, all the left-wing media outlets and there's the, there's Fox News and all the conservative outlets, the Washington Examiner. You you have to sort of realize that that's the zeitgeist that's shaping the, the opinions of the country and pressing them either way. So maybe, you know, for the sake of discourse, or not discourse, uh, for the sake of um, calamity and just overall public health, maybe it's a good thing that these conservative outlets like Fox News and, you know, now the Washington Examiner are moving to the left. But I don't like the idea that anybody that doesn't believe, you know, what this mainstream media has to say is now a rightist Trump supporter. That's an unfair kind of that's an unfair label. And it's it pushes many people into a huge category. So yes, when we say the left, obviously we talk about millions of people who are very different. And all of them are good people. I believe every human has amazing potential in them and it's not that I'm saying that the left could achieve their full potential if they became conservatives but they would stand to gain more if they listened to the arguments of libertarians and conservatives because then we could you know hear their retort in a more calm rational way and then build upon maybe even create something better than what we have right now maybe a better ism a better you know political ideology the only way we're ever going to create that is with peaceful discussion you know, as a fan of the Joe Rogan podcast, that was one of the things that made me realize peaceful discussion is a powerful weapon. I, I truly believe that Joe is one of the most important people of our time in the sense that he showed millions of people that just sitting down and talking to somebody and trying to be nice is the way to build relationships in this country. And we can create amazing things if we just work together. I'm talking to the MAGA people. I'm talking to quote-unquote the left the you know the radical left whoever listens to the left-wing media zeitgeist we need to work together when I say this we need to stop putting people into groups 
We need to stop with identity politics. We need to stop labeling people, putting people into categories and groups. We are a community. As a nation, we are a community. And I, I firmly believe that we can pull through this dark winter, these dark times, if we come together as such. It's the only way. We have to be nicer to each other. We have to seek calamity. We have to seek peace over violence. But we also have to fight the censorship. We have to fight peacefully against the censorship, globalism, um, you know, this incoming Biden administration, peacefully. We need to oppose, we need to criticize, we need to expose all of the lies, deceit, and what they're trying to do because we need to, unfortunately, this is how it has to work in, our, in order for, for ultimately like our movement to work. Think about it as the stand. You need to make the ultimate sacrifice. Unfortunately, what's going to have to happen is they're going to have to be the ones that make the violent move first. Because if you do, then they'll just keep using it as ammunition. Don't go to rallies. Don't go out and burn things down. Don't riot. It's not helpful. You're being tricked. Do not riot or go to any armed protests. Don't do anything like that. And I'm hearing all patriots around the zeitgeist say the same thing in unison. Do not, do not, do not organize a riot, protests, or anything. It is just what they want. Unfortunately, they're going to have to be the ones that get violent first. And I know that leaves us vulnerable, us as being the people that oppose this madness. But unfortunately, that's what's going to have to happen. Well, it's been an interesting podcast. Um, I hope everybody stays warm. And, you know, as, I'm saying, as I was saying before, batten down the hatches. Things are only going to get crazier from here. Uh, keep following independent media and keep up with the, uh, the struggles of your life well. And I wish everybody the best for today. John out.